Hello everyone. Welcome back to a new and exciting episode of the Voice of IMTN, a podcast series by the students of IMT Nagpur. I am Pratish Singh and I am Mona Seth. And today we have with us Mr. Dushan Shekhar, an experienced professional in the area of automation and business intelligence. He is currently heading data transformation at SMP Global Market Intelligence and is now in conversation with us on the topic Industrial Revolution 4.0 Robotics, Machine Learning and Artificial Intelligence. So, uh, my first question to you is, while talking about business transformation process, what are the most important factors that one needs to consider before trying to form a strategy? So, I think, uh, first of all, you need to look at what your customer needs are, right? What business are you in and why are you transforming, right? I mean, like, is it because your customer needs are changing and if they are, how they are changing? So that has to be there. You just don't want to transform for the sake of transforming, right? And then that also decides to what degree you have to transform, right? Your business model could be really old and your customers are like asking for something completely else. So you might have to go through a, much larger transformation or you're there and thereabouts, it might be some minor tweaks. So that's something you need to always keep in mind that, you know, there is a customer at the end of all of this. See, a lot of the, especially with digital transformation, while there is a lot of focus on technology side of things, which is the cool stuff, but a lot of this comes down to culture and people. Okay, so the technology problems can be solved, but you don't want a situation where you know, the culture is not allowing you to adopt the new technologies. So there's a, you know, the people and the culture side don't make the headlines. Usually you always see the, all the cool technology stuff. I think those are also equally important to keep in mind because eventually an organization is made of people, right? They're not made out of machines. So you have to kind of understand that. I think the third part of this is, you know, your any strategy you come up with for transformation has to be an emergent strategy, right? Because things change in the real world. So if you have a five-year plan and, you know, you can't kind of change stuff, then you could get into trouble. So that's why you should have a little bit more flexibility with things because technology nowadays, I mean, it's difficult to predict to some extent. So I think those are some things to keep in mind that, uh, you know, make it about the customer, make it about your people, not just technology, and be a little bit more flexible. Thank you, sir. Now, moving ahead. When communicating the analytical model to people who are not well versed with numbers, what is the most important thing to keep in mind? Oh, maybe you should teach them all math, but I think that's a good, great question. That, see, the reality of the world we live in is there are consumers and there are people who build stuff. Okay, and there is, there is always a technical gap there, right? It's not just with analytical models, with other stuff as well. Let's say if I come to you and ask you to build me a website, I don't care you use Java or what, what you use, right? I just want a website. I'll tell you it should run fast or, you know, it should be able to take this much load. I don't care what you use in the backend. 
So I think eventually, you know, the consumer is only worried about outcomes, right? Whoever is the consumer of, in your case, the analytical model. So when you're speaking to a consumer who say probably not technical or, you know, you should focus on what their area of interest is, right? So now, for example, if you're building a model to say predict uh, loan defaults, for example, I'm just making this up. So your end consumer, say if it's a bank, they are only interested in, okay, what percentage of these predictions are correct. Now, yes. They don't care whether you use machine learning or whatever you want to use. So I think that's an important part of it that, you know, be able to communicate in a language which makes sense to them and they relate to it. And, and if it's outcome based, rather than going and telling them that, oh, my analytical models runs six layers of neural networks, the better metric for them to say is okay out of the last hundred loans which defaulted my model was able to predict 90 percent of them so that's a more powerful metric rather than getting into the nuts and bolts there might be customers who might be interested in it but uh, most of the customers are only interested in the result right so <laughs> thank you very much uh, my next question is uh, but many micro processes are being replaced by automation and artificial intelligence, how are the uh, employment standards going to change? And what are the basic technical skills that every manager should know uh, when he's trying to step into the corporate world or survive in it? See, I think, uh, first of all, I mean, I was just speaking to your colleague before this. See, automation has been happening for centuries, right? It's not something new okay so i was talking about this example like back in i don't know in the 1500s or something when england was in the process of introducing mechanized looms the queen actually banned it the queen said that all my people will lose jobs (laughs) but you know so that's been a debate forever right but see the two things i'll say first of all your job is not a series of tasks okay so Tasks could get automated and have been getting automated. But that means the nature of your job changes then, right? Like, for example, if I'm a company today, let's say I have only 50 people who can speak to customers because a lot of them have to do back office work. But if I automate a lot of the back office work, I have more people available to speak to the customers. So, so the job, the task might go away, but the job just kind of changes it. Now, one thing which we have to be careful in the digital age is that will everybody be able to make that transition to the new job? Okay, that might not be always possible. For example, tomorrow, if all vehicles become autonomous, okay, all vehicle drivers will not become software engineers. So we also have to be realistic about that. So I think that's a definitely, that's a, I mean, there are discussions about universal basic income and things like that. So we'll see how that works. To your other question, what should the managers be? See, I mean, with technology, it's difficult to say today, learn these three skills. Because in six months, (laughs) those skills could become kind of obsolete. I think if you're a manager in the true sense of managing people, I think you have only two jobs in the digital world. One is to remove roadblocks for your team. And two is to stay out of the way. So if you stay, do these two things, you'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, And I think on the skill side, you just need to be more adaptable and have an open mind. 
you know, it doesn't mean that you have to learn everything on your own. All right, till you are able to bring in the right skills to solve the right problems, you'll be fine. It doesn't mean that you have to like yourself code and do everything. Okay, sir. So the next question. With Internet of Things becoming an integral aspect of our life, how big are the privacy concerns and what are the mechanisms in place to maintain a difference between online and offline life? So the privacy concerns are definitely there, right? I was mentioning that. See, once you're online, you're putting information about yourself there, which is generally not public information, then you are exposing yourself to an extent. Yes. Okay, so you can't get away from that. Yes. I mean, people might misuse it or people might not misuse it, but that information is there. Yes. And a lot of times you are putting information even without knowing it, yes. right? Your browsing patterns, for example, like nobody is explicitly asking you for it. But when you do stuff, people are trying to do like Facebook will start publishing ads on things which you see more, right? So those kind of things will happen. So the privacy concern is genuinely there, but to a large extent, you control that as to how much information you want to put out. But once you put it out, then there is a risk. I mean, you can't completely get away from it. Now, there are a lot of regulatory changes which are happening in this space with the GDPR and some other privacy things on how companies can use the data which you're sharing with them and things like that. But see, there are pros and cons of this, right? I mean, see, 90% of the people who sign up to Facebook, they know the privacy concerns. It's not like they are oblivious to it right but they still make a conscious choice to go and say i'm in goa today or say where i am today or you have an option to not make your profile public a lot of yeah. people still make it public it's not like they are not aware right some of them maybe but a lot of them are aware so i think those some of the choices we have to live with we cannot have it both ways, in my opinion. We can't say that we need all the benefits of the internet world, but then we also want to be a very private citizen. I mean, you can't have it both ways. There is some middle ground. If you are on social media platforms, more of your private life is out there. And you control what you put, right? Nobody's forcing you to put that photograph of your party, right? I mean, it's a personal choice we all make. Now, one thing I am like, I do agree that how companies use that information has to be regulated, right? So that is important, right? I mean, there are other kind of situations where you, it can also be misused, for example. So like a lot of companies now, and you guys have to be careful with this. If you go for a job, they might look at the kind of stuff you post and decide not to hire you, maybe because, oh, you posted something. I think those, I feel, are not right things because unless you are posting that as a member of an organization or you're posting it on behalf of your, say, on behalf of your institute, then yes, they might have a problem. But independently, if you're posting something, I mean, a lot of people have got into trouble with a lot of posts nowadays, right? It's just like... So I think it's a, I mean, I think there is some middle ground somewhere. I don't know what that middle ground is, but yeah. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, the next question is, with the dynamic change in technology and market, how should one as a student uh, with him just entering this kind of world should approach uh, when trying to get or do something of his own in the world of data analytics? I think have an open mind. I think that's important because things will change. I'll tell you 90% of the things you learn 
in MBA, you are never going to use it. Let's be honest about it. Okay, so that's important to know because in the real world problems, I mean, like you can't price options using a black scholes model in the real world. It doesn't work like that, right? There are all sorts of other dynamics. So I think what you eventually have to do stepping into a job is marry your theoretical knowledge, which is important in some cases, with what is the practical kind of application of those in in the industry you are in. Like data analytics means many different things to many different industries. Okay, you might still be using the same techniques underneath, which the theory part of it, but how you apply it becomes very, very different, right? So if you are, say, working for a online retailer, in the kind of analytics you do will be very, very different, okay? Uh, or if you are working for a transportation company, which has IoT devices in all their trucks, the kind of analytics you'll be doing is very different. So eventually the analytics has to drive some business or customer value. So don't forget about that ever, right? So if you're working for Netflix, you'll be doing some other kind of analytics. So eventually what do you want to do with analytics is drive better customer experience. Yes. So if you're focused on that, you're fine. But don't get too subsumed by, oh, should I use regression or should I use clustering? Those are tactical questions. Okay, sir. So finally, how was the experience interacting with the students of IMT Nagpur over a virtual platform? And what advice would you like to give them before they start their corporate journey? Oh, no, it was fun. It's always I love interacting. I could uh, I used to do some of these sessions in face to face when I was in India. So it's always fun. Uh, so loved it. So thank you for having me. I mean, the only advice I'll give is, you know, go into a job with an open mind, be flexible and do the right thing. Okay. And be brave. Both yes. of them has consequences, but long term, those you'll be better off saying what you feel, doing what you feel and do what makes you happy. You'll be more successful if you pick up a job, which also makes you happy. 